This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Oh, yes, it is. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, the Thursday edition here in July. It's heating up outside, Mo. Uh, I can't stand the heat. Uh. <laughs> Our Vegas listeners are like, you don't know heat. Although they don't know humidity. Right. I know, I know both. But like yes, yesterday and on the 4th of July, both the past two days here in southwestern Ohio... It's been 90 degrees with like 90% humidity, right? And they always joke about Vegas being a dry heat. And there's truth to that. So I took like two showers each each morning. I went out, I mowed the lawn and because my lawn had to look good for 4th of July two days ago. So I did that. And then yesterday I did some other yard work with my wife, who's growing a pretty cool garden, by the way. No avocados yet, but she's got squash. She's got tomatoes. She's got lots of peppers. So... By the way, if, if anybody wants me to send them some fresh basil, I will do so because we it grows <laughs> like a weed. Um, but anyway, yeah, that heat is tough, man. And that's why when people say when I move back to the Midwest or Mid-East or whatever you want to call it, as I call it in the United <laughs> States. Yeah, the Mid-East, I know. Um, not that Mid-East. Uh, is that people are like, oh, man, the cold. I couldn't stand the cold. I actually... The cold right at the end of winter starts to wear on me just like because I want to see the sun and I want to feel a little bit of warmth on my face. But I don't mind the winters, man. Like, I just don't. I'm more of a winter guy than I am a a summer guy. I hibernate in the summer and I come out in the winter. I'm the complete opposite (laughs) of what is supposed to be done better. It's just... I, I just don't like the humidity. Like people yeah. don't understand. Like you said, when you hear about the Northeast, people think, "Oh, blizzard, storm, snow, cold." Not true. In July, like mm-hmm. like you said, now here is the same deal. Here, the humidity can be unbearable in the middle of the day, and yeah. I don't even want to go outside. So I run all my errands. I do all my pickups early in the morning when the you know when the sun is just coming up, and then I you know I again I'm inside during the day because it's so hot. But I'd yeah. rather I'd rather deal with the cold than deal with the heat. That's just the type of guy I am. That's why I will never move back to the South and and revisit my roots <laughs> with my family because they they want me to move to South Carolina. And I'm like, it is way too hot to be down there. Yeah, I love South Carolina, beautiful part of the country. Mm-hmm. But man, the humidity and the heat there are yeah. worse than the Northeast and where I'm at in the Midwest. It's 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 just, and that's why like one of my favorite places on earth, New Orleans. Right, I love New Orleans, but I go in the winter. I'm not going in July, August. I don't care. Hey, free rooms. Free... No, sorry. I don't want to take six showers a day. 
I just don't, I don't want to do it. Uh, so anyway, but it's it's warm up out there. Las Vegas finally got the heat. They went all those days without reaching 100, and then all of a sudden, like two days later, it was 111. Uh, by the way, did you see the pictures or the video from the 4th of July when they turned on the video screen on that sphere, that new building in Vegas? Did you see that stuff? I didn't see it. Oh, man, it's cool. You got to check it out. They, it's, it's a big structure built by MSG, who obviously you know. Uh, there in New York, and and it's a, it's basically a music and a performance venue. U 2s doing a big thing there. Anyway, it's a very cool, very very cool two billion dollar structure, and it's the exterior of it because it's a sphere, is all video. So they did a Fourth of July thing. They turned it into an NBA basketball because the summer league's coming obviously to Las Vegas mm -hmm. very soon. And so they, oh, dude, you got to go watch it. You'll see a bunch of them on Twitter. For those folks out in Vegas, you know what I'm talking about. I just can't imagine driving by it because it's so damn bright. It's going to be one of those things where they're going to take a shot from the space station to show that you can uh, see sure. it from space. Yeah. It's pretty cool. But anyway, back to the football and particularly, what should you watch this coming season? Yes, there's a Garoppolo story. Yes, there's the coach. Is he going to do anything better? Is he going to win? We got all that stuff. The Josh Jacobs contract stuff still in flux we don't have answers on the uh, that at least for a couple weeks but mo did us all a favor he uh, on sports not yesterday on wednesday uh did a story about five five uh storylines to watch this season with the raiders uh that deserve more attention so mo is telling you that you're not paying enough attention <laughs> to these stories or at least some of us aren't um, that are leading into trading camp. And so we're going to go through in order on this, Mo, and talk about it. The first one you have, one of the guys you and I really raved about two seasons ago, uh, and, um, and the fact that he may return to the nickel position, and that is Nate Hobbs. Talk a little bit about this storyline and what people need to watch. Yeah, so basically, first of all, this column is more for the reporters, the, the nation, uh, the league-wide writers out there, reporters out there who – who recycle the same headlines. Oh, is Josh Jacobs going to get a new contract? Is Jimmy Garoppolo's foot going to be okay? Is Hunter <laughs> Renfro going to be traded? I, I just got so tired of hearing the same talking points over and over again. So I dug deeper into some of the storylines, again, as the title, as the, as it's titled, what we should be paying attention to that's not hitting the radar. And we, and I, as you said, I started with Nate Hobbs and his potential return to the nickelback position. There was a nugget in Vic Tafer's story that I think a lot of people glossed over and Vic Tafer basically said that Nahas wants to return to the slot cornerback position. Not that the Raiders are going to move him there, but that he wants to be in the nickel. Now, a lot of people will excuse Nahas' rough 2022 season because he had he had a hand injury, which impacted him. But I think even before the hand injury, he was kind of up and down as a boundary defender. So it's not a surprise to me that Vic Tafer wrote that Nahas wants to go back to the slot where he played well as a rookie, where he showed promise. So I think it's a good chance that you see Nahas primarily go back to that position, but he's going to have some competition, as I wrote in the piece, as Vic Tafer noted. Tyler Hall is going to push him for that slot cornerback position. Tyler Hall had, had played 219 defensive snaps, I believe, last year. In short glimpses, played very, very well. He allowed a, a passer rating, I believe, of below 80, had four pass breakups. But it was, again, it was a very small sample size. So Nahas has the, ex has the experience advantage there. And I also think he right now, obviously, is the better player. So he would be the front runner to win that position battle. But if Tyler Hall shows out at training camp, it could be a tough decision for the Raiders coaching staff. But mm -hmm. it also could make other cornerbacks expendable. And I named our good friend Amik Robinson. I hate to say it, but if 
if Nate Hobbs remove, uh, returns to the slot and Tyler Hall shows that he's pretty good in the slot and, and they're the one and two options there, Amik Robinson could be the odd man out if they don't use him on the boundary. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, in fact, there's a, there's been a couple stories about uh, trade targets. I think your your um, uh, was it Christopher Knox over at Bleacher yep. Report. One of your um, colleagues wrote yep. a piece about that, and he had Amik Robertson in there as a possible trade candidate as yep. well. So uh, that is that is very true. We move on to your second storyline, and that is DeAndre Carter could be consistent uh, Las Vegas Raiders contributor. Talk about DeAndre Carter and why you say that. So a lot of the discussion about the Raiders' slot wide receiver position is around Hunter Renfro, but I think people are overlooking DeAndre Carter. And one of the things that are that I think hasn't been mentioned is that he played under the Raiders' new pass game coordinator, Scott Turner. So DeAndre mm-hmm. Carter was in Washington in 2021 while Scott Turner was the offensive coordinator. And he used DeAndre Carter in a variety of ways, used him as a wide receiver in the slot, used him on the outside. He also used him to run the football. DeAndre Carter had 10 carries for 89 yards, four of those for first down. So they can DeAndre Carter can can be that slot receiver and also that gadget guy that that Josh McDaniels uses in some of his creative play calling. So I think DeAndre Carter is going to have a spot on this roster, whether Hunter Renfro is moved or not. And if Hunter Renfro stays, he could Carter could very well eat into his snaps, especially if Trey Tucker isn't ready to play mm-hmm. right away as a rookie coming into the league. So I would look out for DeAndre Carr as that wide receiver that could surprise a lot of people. Raiders have had a history of of wide receivers who have exceeded <laughs> ex- expectations. Matt Collins last year with Derek Carr, Nelson Aguilar a few years ago with Derek Carr. Different quarterback now, but with Scott Turner there, I think DeAndre Carter can make an impact. Yeah, fascinating look at there. And now everybody's been looking for more good news on the offensive line, and you bring it. You say, watch this guy. Greg Van Roten. I'm familiar with him because he had a couple of years with the Jets with that bust Zach Wilson. Uh, Zach Wilson (laughs) wasn't good, but Greg Van Roten was pretty decent as a guard. And he also, as you see him in a Bills helmet there, he played central last year with the Buffalo Bills in a pinch. Mitch Morse, I believe, was uh, dealing with an injury, so – he has some versatility on, on the interior, but most of his experience is at, is at guard, both guard positions. He can play on either side of the line. Another nugget from Vic Tafer's piece, he said that the Raiders would like Greg Van Roten to beat out Alex Bars for the right guard position. I think he can, but if he doesn't, then you're looking at McClendon Curtis as another contender for that right guard spot, maybe even Natane Muthi, even though I think Muthi's more of a backup. But I think think primarily it's going to be between Greg Van Roten and Alex Barras as the primary contenders for that right guard position. That's a camp battle to watch because a lot of people have wanted the Raiders to go out and sign a guard, including me, and I think this is why they're not looking at Dalton Risner because they really believe that Greg Van Roten can win that job. Yeah, fascinating one. All right, so now Mo has opened up setup shop. He got a P.O. box for the Amari Bernie fan club. <laughs> uh, he says his next storyline is Amari Bernie can become a late-round draft gem why do you say i mean listen i don't disagree but tell me why you're high on this guy and why raider nation needs to watch him during camp 
I'll be part of the Mario Bernie fan club. I'll gladly be the president of that. Uh, <laughs> draft night. Uh, actually, after the Raiders completed their draft on Saturday this uh, this year in April, someone asked me, who's the one rookie that's, that can exceed expectations? And I immediately said, Amari Bernie. Number one, it's very obvious. He has the he has a very clear path to a starting role. We we talked about the linebacker position ad nauseum over the past few weeks. Even though Devon Diablo is expected to wear the green dot and be the leader of that position group, the Raiders still need a good rotation of linebacks at that position. I think Amari Bernie could be a complimentary piece there. He could probably play more than Robert Spillane because of Amari Bernie's ability to cover in zone responsibilities. Spillane, that's his weak spot. I wrote that in the piece that Spillane struggled mightily in pass coverage. So the Raiders are going to have to take him off the field on, on passing third downs. And Amari Bernie can, can man those responsibilities, especially if you're playing against a pass-catching tight end. I'm not saying he's going to blank, blanket Travis Kelsey as a rookie. But what I'm saying is that lesser tight ends that the Raiders are going to face on their schedule, he can match up against those guys. He has a background as a former safety, so I think he has more coverage ability than the average linebacker. And I think he has a real legitimate chance to get on the field on third downs if he's not just on special teams or on the practice squad. All right. Last but not least, you're gonna you're saying the butler did it. You're saying the butler will do it, maybe. And that is Adam Butler, sneaky good free agent addition for the Rays. Really under the radar on this one, Mo. Uh, coming yeah. over has got experience with that New England staff. Talk about Adam Butler and why this guy just might be somebody who sort of sneaks in the back door, but could have great impact on that Raider defense. I know where the fans are gonna roll their eyes about this, but as you said, <laughs> former Patriot. But he had he had a string of good years with the Patriots. Four consecutive uh-huh. years, he had some production. I believe he had about 15 sacks, about 90 tackles, 20 of those for a loss behind the line of scrimmage. So he's been productive with just 36 to 50 percent of the snaps at a previous stop. Now he signed with the Miami Dolphins. As you see, he's wearing a Dolphins uniform there, but he didn't play a single game with the Dolphins because he failed this physical. So they released him with that designation. He's resurfaced. The Raiders signed to him to reserve future contract in January. Yeah. And now he has a chance to bounce back while healthy. And I think he can because, as you know, the defensive line, you have a rotation of maybe four or five guys who are going to play. And I think he could be one of those guys to make an impact because he makes the splashy plays in the backfield. He can get sacks and he can stop the run. Right. And and to me, that's the issue that the Raiders had to, right? They could not fix every role and position on this defense in one draft or one free agent class. So you have to go find guys that are low risk, but high reward. I think Adam Butler is one of those low risk, high reward guys. Like you said, it's a futures contract. Mm -hmm. If he plays and makes the roster great. If he regains some of that form, perfect for the Raiders, they might find that gem. Uh, But these are the storylines. And I appreciate it, Mo, because I think that a lot of people to your point, I know this is why you wrote it just don't see those stories very much. Some of them have been covered at least cursorily during the season or the off season, I should say, but, but highlighting these are good. So make sure you go up on sportsnot.com, read Mo's latest piece there. So you can see exactly that. If you want a little more detail, because of course Mo does great work and he gets detailed in there. He does his homework. Imagine that. The, the other thing I w- <laughs> and I appreciate that, but the other thing I want to mention about Adam Butler before people say, oh, Mo, he's not making it. He's just a camp body. He'll be gone before week one. Let's look at the last few years. Darius Phylon, defensive lineman, yeah. who came essentially out of nowhere, made the roster, made an impact, and now people are saying, "Where's?" I, at least every week I see a tweet. Where's Darius Phylon? Bring back Darius Phylon. <laughs> look at Jerry Tillery. God got let go of by by the chargers and people go well he's his first round bust he didn't pan out 
aside from that that gaffe against the Los Angeles Rams, had a pretty mm. good second half of the season with the Raiders and resurfaced there. So the Raiders have also had a history, along with wide receiver, of finding defensive linemen who may be on the scrap heap and then find their way with the Raiders and 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 actually stick on the roster. I think Adam Butler could be in the next line behind file line behind Jerry Tillery. Agreed. Good stuff, Mo, as always. Make sure you read Mo each week on sportsnot.com. Of course, you catch his work on Bleacher Report as well from the whole NFL and follow him on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. All right. We are turning over everything to you next. That's right. We are going to get to our weekly Raider Nation mailbag when we come back from this break here on Silver and Black today with Mo Moten, Scott Branson. We're coming right back after this break. Don't go anywhere. 